Good morning. It's, uh, as I said earlier, it's good to be together again. Um, we're starting a new series, as I also mentioned, called Invited. And this is a series that we plan to do probably about four years ago, three years ago, something like that. And then for various reasons, it's been uh, delayed. Uh, and the tagline of this is, everyone's welcome at God's table. And that gives you a little clue as to why we delayed it. Uh, because part of this series is, the, the point of this week then is kind of an introductory group, introductory week to say this is what we're going to be doing. This is where we're going to be going over the next nine weeks or so, because there's a few uh, bonus weeks uh, put in there. But as I said at the start, it's so important that you're part of a group. It's going to really help you to get the most benefit out of uh, this, this material and your relationship with God will grow most effectively as you grow in relationship with your brothers and sisters in Christ. Is, a, is this working? Hang on, switch it on. George said the batteries are running low. So um, this point of breaking bread, and we talked about that a few weeks ago, didn't we? Andy talked about breaking bread. Yes, breaking bread, taking communion, which is also going to be part of this, uh, emphasized in this series, but also breaking bread, eating together is so important, isn't it? But this is a key verse that we'll look at a few times, or you'll hear probably a number of times over the coming weeks. And people will come from east and west, from north and south, and recline at table in the kingdom of God. That's from Luke 13, 29. People will come from east and west, north and south, and recline at the table in the kingdom of God. There's a feast coming. There's a meal, a banquet coming, and people will come from far and wide. From salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. The people of God will be a technicolor patchwork quilt of racial and social harmony from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, bound together by the good news of the gospel, by the love of God shown in Christ Jesus. This requires us, this requires something of us as his people now. And he mentioned a few things. You, th you look at the situations that are going on in the world. You think historically of instances of war where nations have gone against one another, where people groups have risen up against one another. It's not how it's meant to be. It's meant to be harmony. There's meant to be joy in discovering that's how you cook that piece of food. We have, a, you know, we have an international or a multicultural celebration usually once a year, don't we? And everyone loves, well, most people love trying different foods. I know some people go, is it spicy? Not for me. You know, and that's fine. That's okay. But we enjoy that day, don't we? Well, I do. I had for the first time th th this year when we did it, biscuits and gravy from America, which is something I've always wanted to try. It was, oh, it was everything I hoped it would be. Um, bad for you. <laughs> but we love, there should be a joy in discovering styles of music, ways of uh, enjoying and eating food, 
There's something, there's an, there's an emphasis, there's a requirement from us as the people of God to make the sort of that happen. I think it's about really genuinely loving people and welcoming them. That phrase, everyone's welcome at the table of God. Or at God's table, I can't remember exactly what it said. And the local church should be an expression of that happening. How welcome are people at your table? You might think, I don't have a table. You know, there are coffee shops that have tables that they will let you use, and you can invite someone to sit with you. And the church should be a representation of that future congregation that's of every nation, tribe, tongue, language, people group. And to some extent, we are. We, we, you know, we do have different uh, cultures and, and representations of uh, nations and people groups in this church. But actually, there's, there's always more to do. And I'm not talking about you know, um, trying to fill quotas or saying, oh, we need this many people. But the church should reflect the area that it lives in. You know, the, this, we're a church that's based in the town of Watford. And we should reflect the diversity within Watford because we're reaching out with the gospel into our town, into our communities. And then by combining and sort of learning from one another, we come across various different things that should hopefully align with kingdom culture, the, the culture of the kingdom of God. I don't know if you're aware of this, but in, in any cultural setting, there are positive, neutral, and negative aspects towards the kingdom of God, towards the, the culture of the gospel. Now, there are some things that are positive. You know, if you've got a culture that values family life and being honest, those, are, those align with the culture of the kingdom of God. There are some things that are neutral, you know, styles of music, you know, what spices you put on your food. They're all just different things that we get to enjoy and there are some things that are negative if you've got a culture where well, there's sort of a particular group of society are downtrodden or or neglected or abused that's ne that's not that doesn't align itself with the culture of the kingdom and so as we as we sort of bring in these different diversities different peoples different cultures we need to be aware what in our own culture what about my life how i grew up the family that i was in aligns itself with the culture of the kingdom of god what is positive what is neutral what is negative how do we do this well we need to be regard ourselves and think about how we grew up those different things the, the type of people that were around us it's always been God's intention that it wouldn't just be one group of people but actually the, all the nations of the world would be blessed God has always had an international global plan when we look at the story of, of Adam and Eve in the garden God doesn't say to them be fruitful, multiply, and stay in this garden. 
until you know you're sort of having to stand on each other's shoulders. Just go and fill the earth. When God is talking to Abraham, he says, This is this is what it's gonna be. I'm gonna bless you and through you all the families of the earth will be blessed. Genesis twelve, he says, and in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. Genesis eighteen. Abraham will surely become a great and mighty nation, and in him all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Genesis 22, in your seed, in your descendants, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Genesis 26, I will multiply your descendants and will give your descendants all these lands, and by your descendants all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. We sort of skip forward, we read in Daniel, there's this, st- this a dream of a, a st- a stone that's sort of cut out, a rock that's cut out of a mountain and it smashes this idol that represents these other kingdoms. And it's it repre- and it becomes this it's sort of it's a rock that kind of grows into this huge mountain. It represents this kingdom that's gonna grow, that's gonna come, that's gonna break all other kingdoms, gonna be better than all other kingdoms and grow. How does that happen? How is it going to happen? There's a famous passage that gets read at Christmas, Isaiah 9. It says this, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. There was a, there's a prophecy there about um, someone who would come who would rule on David's throne and his, the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. That there's a kingdom coming that would grow and increase and there would be no end to it. And it happened through Jesus. What Jesus has done is won the nations for himself. And it's through us, the body of Christ, the church, to carry that work on, to step into the victory that's been obtained through Jesus. Revelation, again, in in chapter 5, verses 9 and 10, says this, there's a song sung. Sing a new song saying, Worthy are you, Jesus, to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom, excuse me, and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. Jesus is worthy to take the scroll and open its seals which we don't have time to talk about this morning because he was slain because he paid the ransom to redeem a people from every tribe and language and people and nation and we've ma- and ma- has made them a kingdom and priest to God Jesus has won it it's the victory has been obtained and so it's the 
work of the church is to step into that victory. Jesus has won people from every nation. So if I'm going to a nation and there aren't people that know Jesus there, he's won some people from that nation. Well, maybe I should go and introduce myself to them and tell them, you know that Jesus has won some of you for himself. You should have a confidence in this. He has won a people for God. It's important that we we recognize that our, our role is in this. What our role is. That we are part of this. I think it's interesting as well when it talks about tribes. Every tribe and language and people and nation. There was a, I don't know if it's still popular. I found it quite annoying at the time. Um, but there was like a, a phase or like it was cool. Um, you know, I'm, I can tell I'm getting old because I'm putting cool in air quotes. Um, to re- refer to the people that you know. And it's, you know, I don't know why I found it annoying. I just did. But to refer to like the people that were your like social group as your tribe. You know, I think I knew some annoying people who did it. You know, I'm spending time with my tribe. And it's like, no, they're just like some people you went to school with. Right. And it's fine. If you do do that, please don't be offended. <laughs> but like, because th- actually I think, you know, it's quite helpful to think of it like that. You know, you are my tribe. I'm part of your tribe. I'm sorry to say <laughs> for you. But that's what, you know, if you think about what tribes were, they were like a family group. I'm just ha- I'm spending time with my family, spending time with my tribe. But there are lots of, you know, I think, oh man, from every tribe, really? That's a lot of people. Multitudes, you might say, as John writes. Our role in this is to be welcoming. To welcome people in. In uh, Romans 15, it says, I'm going to skip a few things. Uh, Okay, there we go. Uh, It says this, uh, May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. Excuse me. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you. For the glory of God. I know a few people who they regard that last line, therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you. And this whole little little section as almost like the key actually to Romans. You know, I think it's quite it's often a forgotten bit of Romans, because Romans has like the it's it's the, the Himalayas, isn't it, of the of theology and the Bible gospel so clearly laid out so much wonderful stuff to study but actually when you zoom in on this I'm not saying I agree with them or not but there is something to be said that it kind of as it's, it's drawing to a close Paul writes this may the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in, in accord with Christ Jesus 
that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father, Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you. In a church where there was like some, some quite difficult tensions between Jews and Gentiles, very sort of potted version, it was kind of a church that was established, obviously primarily through Jewish people, they got kind of exiled, kicked out of, of Rome. The Gentiles that were able to remain because they weren't Jews, the church grew, and then suddenly the Jews come back, hang on, what are you doing with our church? You know, you, we didn't used to do it like that. Oh, yeah, well, you've been gone for a while, and we've changed how the seeds are. You know, there was difficulty, there was tensions in the church. And he's saying, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you. How has Christ welcomed you? Was it at arm's length? Did he say... Well, yeah, you can have a cup of tea, but then you're going to need to go in 15 minutes. He welcomes us in. He pulls us in. Oh, it's so good to see you. I've been waiting. I've been waiting for you. Come in. Sit. Eat. Let me serve you. As a church, we have these kind of things that we value. Uh, and we said this, we want to build a culture of family, of tribe. <laughs> we enjoy a friendly and loving atmosphere where everyone is welcome. We will laugh, cry, eat, and journey together, supporting those in need and celebrating the diversity represented. I don't know what your family was like growing up. Maybe it was fantastic. Maybe it was awful. <laughs> just a few knowing smiles. I was just telling someone before the service about something that my, we used to do in my family, which was not very nice, um, to my brother who we found out in his, well, I found out in his 40s, he was just diagnosed as autistic. Um, so he had like some particular things, which we just thought that was him being a bit odd um, growing up. So I would say things to him like halfway through dinner, do you know what? I licked your fork before we started the meal. You know, and that's brothers being brothers, you know, to my mind. But obviously for him, that was like massively like not helpful, um, which we only kind of really realize now. So, you know, we've Adam and I have apologized for uh, some of that stuff. Well, I have. I'm not sure if Adam has. I'm pretty sure he has. But I don't know what your family was like growing up. Not like that. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Um, some families were fantastic, weren't they? You know, and we had some great stuff in our family. And I, you know, I, I, I'm the youngest of four, so I got all of the good parenting because they sort of practiced on the other three. But we want to build a culture of family. Family where you accept one another, you look after one another, you defend one another. I remember so clearly the first time I ever said a swear word. I was a well-behaved child. Someone swore at my, the brother whose fork I used to lick, um, which I didn't actually used to lick the fork. I used to just say that I had done, so that you know maybe that makes me a bit better. Um, but someone said something to him, and I went, don't say that, don't say whatever it was to my brother. Like, and this kid, you know, he was, I wouldn't have stood a chance, but my brothers were there, so I knew I was safe. But it was like instantly, like, we used to, we used to, I've got a really good, you know, relationship with him now, but we used to war, me and this other brother, I'm not quite sure why, it was like a sort of a crescendo of 
being horrible to each other. Crescendo? It descended down. My sister to my brother to my brother to me. We all sort of like, you know, aggravated each other. And we used to have real sort of difficult time with each other. But as soon as someone went against him, hey, that's my brother. You can't do that. Who do you think you are? You can't come in this, this space. He's mine to, you know, hit. <laughs> we laugh, cry, eat, and journey together. And that's what we're going to be doing over the next, uh, as I say, nine weeks. As we learn about what it means to be invited ourselves and what it means to invite others. And so I think there, you know, there may well be some difficult conversations that come up because someone might have had a really horrible upbringing or their experience of life might be so different to yours. And so I just want to encourage you and encourage us to welcome another as Christ has welcomed us. That there needs to be sense. Is this me? Am I doing something? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm doing something, but is that the cause of... No. Uh, there needs to be sensitivity and kindness and understanding. And let me just say, not always trying to rush and say, oh, and fix things. Oh, you, maybe you just misunderstood what they were saying. Just listen to one another. That must have been really hard. That is a good phrase for you to stick in your back pocket. That must be really hard. That must have been really hard. There will be people in this church who have experienced racism, like, and you you wouldn't believe. Surely not today. Surely not in England, in this place. There will be, Alex, can you just come and stand next to me for a minute? <laughs> Protect me, no. Alex is my good friend. You're not getting, you're not, it's not shining in your face. You are my good friend, yeah. <laughs> Alex is obviously far better looking than I am. But Alex grew up in Watford-ish. Yeah. Yeah? Alex went to school in Watford. Alex, um, you know, his family got both parents but you've got a couple of you've got two sisters in here yeah so I've got a couple of siblings I grew up in Watford but Alex and my experience of living in Watford is very different I'm sorry I didn't, didn't warn you you can go sit down um, but you could go oh there's you know those two white guys they're the same now this is obviously like a microcosm like little tiny thing but actually our experience of growing up is very different the types of school we went to were very different. Both schools in Watford. Oh, you're from Watford. Oh, okay, that means you're like this. That is just such a small thing. But we need to be, we need to have that level of sensitivity toward one another. Okay, you know, tell me, tell me a bit about you. That's what we're going to be doing over the next few weeks. And the point of all of that will be. That we get together to we get to together 
with one voice in harmony glorify God. I love it on the, you know, when we sing in, you know, different languages and everyone's singing the same thing and you think, oh, I don't really know, you know, you've explained this, what this means, okay, that's great. And then, I don't know if you've ever had the chance to do this, be in a congregation where there are like different languages singing the same song and it kind of all sort of blends into one. I love, I love stuff like that. It makes me think, oh, this is what it's going to be like. We sang a song a little while ago where... Um, there's like a male part and a female part to the song. And like the men sing this bit and the ladies sing this bit and then it all sort of kind of weaves together. And that used to, I don't know, they used to be like really be in vogue. <laughs> that was cool um, at one point. That used to be really popular, but then they just sort of like faded out. I don't know, like maybe it wasn't seen as like PC or whatever. But those things, like the differences of men's voices and women's voices and then when they sort of blend together. Because some men have really deep voices, some men have really high voices, some women have sort of, you know, so it's not just, a, it, it, but it's just there's something different about it, isn't it? And when they come together in harmony, oh, it's amazing. So good. And the point of these next few weeks is that we can do that together as a church family, that we would be harmonious, that we would be able to celebrate and embrace the good that our diversity brings. So let's be bold. I want to encourage you to be courageous to share your story. And let's be sensitive and ask real questions. Let's do that in a, in a good way. And let's increasingly be making the effort to help bridge cultural gaps. Alex, I consider Alex one of my best friends. I'm not sure if you would do the same. But I, I, I love spending time with Alex, really enjoy it. But like growing up, we would not have been in the same circles. Just wouldn't have been. It's important for us to bridge cultural gaps, break down cultural barriers that stop us from being in relationship. It requires deep commitment to one another. It requires us to go beyond simply tolerating one another to genuinely, sacrificially loving one another and welcoming each other. This is what Jesus has done for us. It's what he calls us to do for one another and to do for all those who aren't yet part of this family. Let me pray for us. Lord Jesus, thank you that you first loved us, that you loved us and invite us in to the original model of unity and diversity in the Trinity. You invite us into that somehow. Thank you that you have welcomed us to your table. You said, come and eat with me. And I pray, Lord, that we would be a church family that is good at welcoming one another, good at spending time listening and learning from one another. That we would 
enjoy the diversity that you have blessed us with and would be well equipped to welcome others in. I pray these next uh, seven and a bit weeks would be a real fruitful time for us. That we would learn that everyone is welcome at God's table and that people will come from east and west and north and south to sit at the table in the kingdom of God. Give us a clearer picture, a, an anticipation of what that, that banquet will be like, that we want to see some of it now. We want to experience some of it now. Help us to get excited about it. Help us to be sensitive to one another and bold to share our stories. So, um, Lord, I pray if we need to laugh together about things, that we will. If we need to cry together about things, that we will. I pray bless our times as we eat together and share life with one another. In Jesus' name, amen. You can uh, practice having coffee and biscuits or whatever it is with someone after this. If you would like to pray uh, with someone, if you'd like to be prayed for, then uh, I'd invite you to just come to this area at the front here and the prayer team will be over there. If you think, oh man, I'm, I'm feeling nervous about sharing my story or I, there's some stuff that's going to come up that I'm not going to be comfortable with or whatever, then I really would encourage you to come and be prayed for that. If you think, I just want to be... I just want to be the best at welcoming. I want to. I want to put everyone else to shame at how good I am at welcoming. <laughs> come and be <laughs> come and be prayed for as well. If you say I want to be filled with the Spirit so that I can welcome others in, I want to receive power so I can be a witness for God. Then come and be prayed for, or anything else that you feel. Be blessed.